following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night. Late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. And on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. Well, June, we are coming up on uh, just about a week before the Hope Together conference that we'll be holding here in the Dallas area. And uh, we will be, well, I should add, too, that uh, there are lots of people signed up to Zoom, uh, different parts of that conference, so people can Mm -hmm. certainly do that. Find out all the information at hopefortheheart.org. And the banner at the top there says Hope Together Conference. Find the information there. Just click there, and uh, you'll you'll get to the right page. But uh, we have various sessions before the actual conference. They are some pre-conference workshops that will be going on, and you'll be speaking at one of those in a in a, a topic I've heard you speak on many times. That's dear to your heart, and uh, you. Um, appreciate uh, sharing the information with people mm. in a way that will help them and, and uh, try to restore, get some healing on that. The, the topic is um, is uh, childhood sexual abuse. And uh, so uh, as, as you have talked about it um, here on the program, uh, I wonder, is there is there anything that people kind of don't know or maybe assumptions that are made that uh, maybe things people hmm. don't know about childhood sexual abuse? Yes, a slew of things. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and I really mean that. Um, I, uh, well, uh, one thing I, I do is I take <clears throat> the story of a former Miss America who was sexually abused from age 5 to 18. Marilyn Vanderbur is her name. And when she is introduced by the people, um, um, whoever's the MC for uh, the Miss America contest, <clears throat> she, uh, her name is typically brought up, and, and she is introduced as one of the former Miss Americas, and they identify her as the uh, uh, one who works. Uh, tirelessly to help those who are victims of childhood sexual abuse. And I've met her and deeply uh, appreciate what she has done with her life in in this vein. Um, She only came out uh, like in her, I believe it's her 50s. But the point is, um, it many times can stay in the shadows and many people have no idea what to think. It's an interesting um, thing you said. You know, what what do people not know? Okay, uh, let me mention several things. Child uh, child abuse, uh, sexual abuse, uh, is almost always committed by someone the child knows. Uh, the category is in uh, order. Frequency of, of frequency is family members first, family friends second, babysitters third, and then there are a list of, of others. Um, that would be one thing. Now, I'll have to admit, <clears throat> I was doing uh, years ago, uh, we were a brand new program called Hope for the Heart, 
and I was interviewing Jan Frank, who was telling her story of being abused, and there was a book that she had written, and the bottom line is in the middle of the interview, she referred to incest and um, said it is sexual interaction with the child or an, or, uh, an adolescent by a person who is a member of the child's family. And then she said any blood relative, adoptive relative, or related by marriage or remarriage. Mm. And she specified it could be a grandfather, not it could be a, a father or a grandfather. And um, she said uncles. Um, um, it could be uh, cousins. And when she said that, I froze. Now, I continued on with the interview, but I had no idea. I thought incest was only a father toward a daughter. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, being very transparent here, I had experienced um, getting caught uh, by a a cousin, and I, 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 I in fact, I, I, I knew this was being taped. It wasn't live, and I said, "Could I talk with you after this uh, taping is over?" And she said, "Yes." And I had not told anyone about this, but I can tell you, I concluded the interview, but. Uh, I had no idea um, that 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 was the definition of incest. I didn't know there was a biblical command, and that is Leviticus 18, verse 6. No one is to approach any close relative to have sexual relations. I am the Lord. That's Leviticus 18, verse 6. So God does address this in His Word. There is so much that um, I would love to share now, but but I'll save it for another day. But we have excellent material on childhood sexual abuse. We call it The Secret Storm. That's the subtitle. But there's tremendous uh, help to help parents or grandparents to know how to talk to your child to protect them. No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is, you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's Word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17. That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life. What does the Bible say about anxiety, abuse, or grief? 
Does the Bible really say anything about addiction, boundaries, or dealing with difficult people? As June Hunt has often said, there really are biblical solutions to all of life's struggles. We are excited to let you know about the newest and most comprehensive resource from June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart, the Care and Counsel Library. Developed over a span of 35 years with the help of pastors, counselors, and ministry leaders, the Care and Counsel Library is a 50-topic, 10-volume set of books which provide clear answers from God's Word on real-life issues. This is a must-have resource for anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom. And right now, you can save 25% when you get the whole set. Check out the Care and Counsel Library today at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver. We'll get to our caller in just a moment. If you have any questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, there are over 100 of our Keys for Living that will help you to address your situation. Just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. Talk to them about what issue it is that you might be struggling with, and they'll be happy to recommend some of our resources to you. As June mentioned, the Keys for Living called Childhood Sexual Abuse. It is subtitled The Secret Storm. And you can refer to that one by name if that is a topic of interest to you, if that piqued uh, a, a thought in your mind to get more information on that. Customer support will help you get that into your hands. The number, again, is 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. Well, uh, also, you can check out the website if you'd like to find all of our resources there, the Keys for Living, uh, books, Bible studies, even music CDs that have been put out through the years by Hope for the Heart. Just go to hopefortheheart.org slash store. That's Hope for the Heart org slash store, and you'll find it all there. Well, let's get to our caller for tonight, and we have a listener on the Bot Radio Network in Nebraska this evening. We welcome Carolyn. Hello, Carolyn. Welcome to Hope. Hello. Thank you for huh. having me. Well, I'm delighted you're, you've joined us. How can we help you? Well, I'm, I have a... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have anger about mm. an incident that happened many years ago when I was, well, five years old. Mm. And it was actually the night before my fifth birthday that my grandfather molested me and my cousin caught him in the act. Oh. But she was only 17, so not much what, you know, happened with that because she was kind of prone to lying. So they didn't really pay much attention to anything she said. Did you say this is so a cousin after, who caught him? Did you did you say it was yes. a cousin? Your cousin. Okay. Yeah, my cousin, wow. yeah. Okay. So nothing really came of it. But then um, we, lived, we lived on a ranch. And we also had a house in town. And so my grandpa would um, get boys from juvenile center 
And when they aged out, he gave them a job. Okay, so... Okay. He, um, one of these hired men started molesting me. Mm. Oh. And my adult, my adult mind tells me that my grandpa put him up to it, too. You know, if anything came of it, he could say, huh? You know, it must have been him. You know, so... Anyway, um, I was put in his care. Um, my grandparents would go to the bar a lot, and they'd take me along. And this boy, he was only 19, so I call him a boy. He would take me to the toy store and, you know, keep me occupied while they were in the bar. And I ended up in the bar anyway, you know. I, I remember pushing two chairs together to go to sleep, and, you know, I'd, I'd see uh, married or people that I knew were married to somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. and they were making out in corners of the bar and with somebody that I knew wasn't their wife. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being five years old, it kind of confused me, but... I would see all this. But anyway, um, this boy, I, I never have known his name. I only know him with a nickname, so I still have no idea what his name is. He took me to my kindergarten roundup. And all of us little five-year-olds were all running around and, you know, playing together having a grand old time, and, you know, we're just having fun. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, the roundup ended, and there was four little boys and myself left at the park, and my molester. Mm. And he took the five of us into the bushes, and he pulled my pants down, and he bent me over his knee, and he held me there while he mm. tried to give directions to the boys. Okay, see, we're all five-year-olds, so. Mm. But there was two of them that stood off and whispered between themselves, you know, and had their back to us. And one was just terrified and just, you know, had the deer in the headlights look while he watched. And then the fourth little boy actually followed directions and did what he was told to do. Okay, after that, fast forward through the summer, first day of kindergarten, there was not one child that would play with me. Not one child that would talk to me. Oh, I talked oh. to the I talked to the little girl that we were really close and running everywhere, holding hands and everything. I asked her, "Why won't you play with me? We played together at the park." And she goes, "My mom said I couldn't play with you anymore." And I said, "Why?" And she just shrugged her shoulders and ran off with the other kids. And the mm. entire year, 
Nobody talked to me. Nobody played with me. Even the teacher was mean to me. So. So you were shunned. After. I you completely shunned. was shunned, yes. Mm, mm, mm. yes. This is so wrong. So wrong. Mm. And, well, we, we were in a small town. It was less than 2,000 people. So I'm, you know, guessing that one of those or maybe more than one of those little boys went home and told their parents. And their parents told parents and, you know, still protecting their own kids, they kept them away from me. That's, that's what my mind, you know, comes up with. By the way, I, I, I'm going to say this. This is important. You were a victim. This is not your fault. This is not your fault. Again, this is not your fault. You, at age five, you don't even have the skills to communicate about this type of topic. And it's, you know... Adults could use words like, well, why didn't you, why didn't you tell? Why didn't you run away? Why didn't you, most kids, they have no idea. They feel powerless in this situation. And it's vital that you understand people who are literally workers those who are professionals with children in, in regard to children and, and abuse, they would tell you this is not your fault and it's vital that you embrace the truth because that is the truth. You don't have the skills unless you were taught what to do. And I'm, I just want to say that because um, I can tell you that Many people um, who are adults think, well, then then you should have reported it. No, children don't have that mindset or that skill to be able to quote unquote report it. It's the there's an abuse of power when you're telling me it, it, it's a grandfather, and yet here you are five years old and then you become six but I mean there is not an ability that unless a child is trained to to know what to do and we can talk about what to do but um, I mean one one small um, it, it's uh, I mean I, you're th this breaks my heart for you I am so so sorry I hate this this happened to you um, so, uh, please go on, but I I know I normally wait to try to share insights, but um, in this case, I, I just have to say um, that you, in fact, you were ganged up on. It's not just one person, your grandfather, uh, to have this older boy then training the other boys or seeking to train the other boys and some followed suit. So, do you do you believe me when I say it is not your fault? 
Yes, or do you I believe you. Okay. I'm, do you sometimes yes. think it's your fault? Or have you learned that that's not true? Well, at one time I did think it was my fault. I, I started thinking at five when the little girl, you know, uh, told me that her mom said I couldn't play with you. I started asking myself, what's wrong with me? Mm. That's, mm. that's where I started asking that question. And then when I was shunned for the entire year, that question just kept coming up in my mind. Well, I went to kindergarten in that class the entire year. The next year, we moved to the ranch, and I went to a school. The, the town was a mile away from where we lived, and that was a population of around 75 people. I mean, it was like this little village. But there was only 13 kids in that whole school and only one other girl other than me, and she was the grade ahead of me. And I was the only one in my grade. Mm. So it was just me and the girl and the rest boys. And... They weren't very nice to me. They were not. Did you say? No, they were, they, they were not nice. Mm. Um, the the girl, she she was, you know, pretty much the came from the richest family in town, and I I wasn't, you know, I was on the opposite end. But mm -hmm. we did play together because we were neighbors. But she pretty much took control. She told me what to do, and I pretty much did it. You know, nothing bad with her. Just, right. You know, she led the way. But if ever another girl came into the school, uh -huh. then she'd say, don't play with her. And they would. then she would stop being my friend. Because oh. another girl came in and she had a choice. I'm so sorry. Well, that's... Oh, um, you, you have had severe rejection. And I, it breaks my heart for you. I'm Do you ever struggle to believe that God loves you? That He accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as His precious, beloved child? So many people have a distorted picture of God that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you know. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. In this 31-day devotional, June Hunt provides compassionate, biblical insight to help you understand and embrace the life-changing identity you have in Christ. Each day provides a biblical truth along with a short reflection and journaling questions to help you see yourself through God's eyes. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night because it has changed so many lives. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional for yourself or a loved one at junehunt.org. 
World Class Hope Together Conference is returning to Allen, Texas this October with leading experts and over 50 ministry training sessions, including crisis and trauma response, lay counseling, marriage and family, mental and emotional health, life coaching, and leadership. Hear from dynamic speakers featuring Nick Vujicic, Taya Kyle, Gary Wilkerson, James Ward, General Bob Dees, Steve Arterburn, Dr. Joshua Straub, Dr. Eric Scalise, and our very own June Hunt. Join a genuine supportive community of like-minded friends and leaders who have answered the call and discover our growing network with year-round support for your ministry needs. Register now at hopetogether.com. That's hopetogether.com. And don't miss the life-changing experience of the Hope Together Conference. listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We're here just because of your prayers and continued support of the ministry here. We thank you for that. If you have any questions or concerns about the topics on the program tonight, just call our customer support team. They're at 800-488-HOPE, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central. They'll help you access the appropriate resources for you, and uh, we want to help you get the right materials into your hands. So just talk to them about maybe some questions you have, some uh, concerns, uh, uh, things going on in your life, and they can recommend some resources to you. I want to point out one of our keys for living called childhood sexual abuse, the secret storm. And the customer support will help you get that or any other resource into your hands. Uh, the number again, 800-488-HOPE. You can also email them at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. That's customer support at hopefortheheart.org. And ask your questions there regarding topics and resources discussed in tonight's program. Let's return to our conversation tonight with Carolyn. Well, my friend, um, <laughs> It makes me want to take action in your behalf against those who harmed you. Because to be treated as a child in such a way that you had no choice of what took place, not only with your grandfather, but then this older boy who um, was... Absolutely inappropriate, um, it's putting it mildly, uh, who who did, who was instructing other boys to try to get them to do sexual things with you. This is so wrong. Um, and then, you know, here's a girl in this other school and what you decided or what, you know, initially there could be someone, another girl to do something with. All the rest were boys, and and then if the, another girl comes on the scene, she says, don't play with her. And so that other young girl would not play with you. Uh, I, I hate the word rejection. Uh, I, I hate betrayal and rejection. Those, that's just so hard, so hard. So how how have you handled 
I mean, I have an idea. There are many things that you could share, and I'm happy for you to share what you wish. But my goodness, this is at such a primary age, so so young. Well, I went through grade school, and I cried really easily, and that's what um, caused a lot of teasing, and you know rejection there because you know you know how it is kids cry the other ones think it's funny you know mm. so I went through a lot of that mm. so by the time I got to junior high I started feeling like okay something's wrong with me so I'll do them a favor and I just won't be around I'll keep to myself mm-hmm so, up through high school, I kept to myself pretty much, and um, my dad was really strict. He wouldn't leave me, let me leave the front yard. <laughs> mm. So, by the time I reached senior year, I got my first job and my driver's license on the same day. Oh. So, I was kind of... You know, brain. <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> and I hit the party scene, and I was, you know, very friendly with the boys, and I, I was just labeled, you know, the easy girl in the senior class. Mm. And so, yeah, I I drank quite a bit my senior year. Mm-hmm. And, well, then, um, graduation day, the, the class, they, there was 136 in the school I graduated from that graduated, and the whole class would cheer for everybody when they went up and got their diploma. I went up to get my diploma, the entire class just sat there dead silent. Mm. No applause for me. <laughs> wow. So it was, it was kind of embarrassing for me to walk up there and all in front of the entire crowd, you know, and accept my diploma and get back to my seat with that dead silence when everybody mm. else was being mm. cheered yes. for. But, wow. Okay, fast forward once more. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. When I got out of school, when I got out of school, I started hitting the bar pretty good. And and I I socialized real well when I was in the bar scene, and that went on two or three years, and then I ended up pregnant, and I got married with the baby's father, and when I found out I was pregnant, I instantly you know I quit drinking, I quit going to the bar and started isolating again. 
um, my my kids were my friends, you know, the whole time that they were at hmm. home. So I isolated, and I only went places with, when I had one of my kids with me. I would go shopping right when they opened or half hour before they were going to close, so I didn't run into very many people. Um, I would, you know, just stay as hidden as possible. And that went on for, well, actually, it's still going on because I still isolate myself. I don't have any friends. Um, hmm. I don't have... I don't have a clue of how to even make a friend. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I, I go out and I talk to people, and as long as, like, if I go shopping, I can um, talk to somebody and say, oh, I like your shoes, or, you know, where do you get your hair done? That's so pretty, you know, and stuff like that. And that's as far as it goes. Hmm. If anybody tries to get too close to me, I, I retreat. And I'm just terrified of making that move to friendship or even allowing it. Because, I mean, I'm petrified. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I have mean, you I'm ever, 54 have, years old and never had a, a true friend. Okay, Other you're, than you're 54 my husband, years old. I mean, okay, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And, and my husband of my children, he passed away. And that was another <laughs> area that... Just you know, <laughs> hit me like a rock. But my oldest boy got married and left home. Mm -hmm. Three months later, my husband dies. My daughter, my youngest, graduated high school. Ten days before my husband passed away. And my middle boy graduated college. I haven't seen or heard from, well, I heard from him a couple times, but I haven't seen my middle son since he left home. And that was 2013. So I have no relationship with him at all. Mm -hmm. I have a relationship with my oldest boy, and I evidently taught him to isolate because he just, when he gets home from work, he stays in his house with the curtains drawn and the lights off, and he isolates harder than I do. Mm. Why do you think that's the case? I, well, I don't know if he learned from me or if he just, if it's just him, but 
he tells me to mind my own business, so, I mean, he's 30 years old, you know, he's got his own life, he can do what he wants, I guess, but I try to help him, and he don't want the suggestions, so I, I stay out of it, but I am tired of isolating I want mm-hmm. to have friends. Good. I mean, my health is not great. And I'd like to have people come to my funeral, you know? <laughs> well, I would like them not, to come I'm, into your life first and for you to have a relationship with them. Yeah. Not, and I'm not talking about just anybody. Um, are you a member of a biblically-based church? We go to Lutheran Church, for members of Lutheran Church. Is that because of your husband? Yes. Okay. I was raised Baptist, and mm-hmm. we actually went to church amongst all of this mm. sin and abuse. <laughs> and We'd go to church, and then for the rest of the week, I'd see my dad come home drunk and beat on my mom and mm. all the things that were going on with me. And I just had nowhere to go to, you know, find any solitude when I was a kid. It was just mm-hmm. stressed everywhere I went. Wow. But it has come into my adulthood with me. I I just I just wanna have friendship. I wanna have a normal life. Yes. Well I can tell you several things. Um God made us to have endeared relationships. Not not a cast of 500 or 100. I'm talking about maybe true friends that you can count on your right hand. And it is right for you to have those who actually can be an encourager to you. The Bible says encourage one another and build each other up. That's what a true friend would do. struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches, and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is, family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life. June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at one 800 917 We'll protect your privacy and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at one 800 917 
That's 1-800-644-4817. If you or a loved one are struggling with a difficult life issue, we want to encourage you to check out the free resources from June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. At hopefortheheart.org forward slash free, you'll find over 50 free resources that you can download straight to your phone or computer. Our free PDF resources provide quick answers from God's Word on real-life issues, including anger, abuse, anxiety, family issues, forgiveness, and more. They are absolutely free and easy to access. Many of our listeners have found these to be helpful for overcoming personal challenges, and some have found them to be a useful ministry tool to share with others who need help with a personal struggle like guilt, stress, or worry. Whatever issue you or a loved one are facing, you can find helpful free resources at hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources, our keys for living on childhood sexual abuse called The Secret Storm. And uh, that is available as you call customer support. They'd be happy to help get that to you. I also want to mention our our keys for living on friendship called Iron Sharpening Iron, as we brought up that topic tonight as well. And if you're interested there, again, it's friendship, Iron Sharpening Iron. The number to call is 800-488-HOPE for our customer support team. Let me give you another number if you'd like to speak with June about a situation that's going on in your life and to talk to us on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night. That number is 800-NIGHT-17. Just spell it out there. It's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. When you call, leave a detailed message for us, and we'll get back to you to talk to you about your questions and to schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. That's 800-NIGHT-17, 800-644-4817. Now back to our conversation with Carolyn. Well, Carolyn, was there ever anyone that you really believed that you could talk to, to uh, share with um, someone who cared about you? Or not really? Um, not really. Uh, I got, I thought I got close to a preacher's wife one time. Um, mm-hmm. I always I always tried to get people in the high areas of church. I I thought if I could get friends with those people, they would love me unconditionally. Well, not the case. (laughs) This particular preacher's wife, um, I I went for a evaluation. I'll just use this story as an example. I went for a psych evaluation and they cleared me as far as, you know, any um, mental, you know, problems. And so I went back and I was talking to her a couple days after that and 
I said, well, you'll be happy to know that I'm not crazy. <laughs> and she'll say, she said, well, if you're not crazy, I don't know who would be. Mm. <laughs> and I mean, she was oh. completely serious. So well. she was not one that was a true friend. And mm-hmm. I can't think of anybody that was a sincere friend that didn't, wasn't a friend because they didn't have anybody else at the moment or, you know, or just wanted something from me. I I can't, never could offer too much, but there was always some little thing that they wanted, and so they were nice to me for a time, and then it just was gone, and... I'm going to share yeah, something I, with you. I want to tell you this, Carolyn. Um, I had uh, a difficulty uh, growing up in certain ways uh, because of immorality in my family. I grew up in an adulterous home, and and uh, I knew that, um, well, I mean, I, at times I thought I had a friend, and then, I didn't, meaning um, I did for a while, it, and yet then it wouldn't last. And it, it just broke my heart, really. Um, uh, the first real friend I thought I had when she went off to school, uh, she just said, well, I'm a year older, and it, it just uh, no longer is it going to be that we're going to be friends. And I, I mean, I was crushed, just crushed. And um, so I had a hard time believing for a long time that um, I thought, well, I, they they might be, uh, maybe interested in me or whatever for a period of time. But then I thought it just won't last. So I did not have. Um, I had a hard time trusting, a real hard time trusting. And I think you understand. Uh-huh. You, you've lived that. Uh-huh. But I want you well, to... Most definitely. To, okay, think about... Um, like, you and I are talking right now. Well, I'm going to be candid. You very much touch my heart. Um, because I experienced certain things that... You know, but, but yours, your situation was worse than mine with what you've described here. And... Uh, but that, uh, you know, when, when we experience pain, think about this, when, because you've experienced pain in a number of areas, um, you can have empathy where others can't because they haven't experienced it. They can have sympathy, which is like patting somebody on the head. And saying, I'm sorry you're hurt. But empathy says, I hurt with you. I've been there. I understand. And just to have somebody who understands is huge. And then compassion says, I'll hurt with you. And I will be here for you until the hurt is gone. 
that's active compassion. And that means what happens to you and me is God stretches our capacity for compassion because we've experienced severe pain. Does that part make sense? Yes, yes, it does. Okay. In other words, there are also people who are, and I'm not trying to be trite here, but they can be flippant about having people to do things with. And I do believe that there would be more people in a godly church to, to, to uh, because there are values that are much more relational in a good, I'm talking about a good biblically-based church. I used to teach a Sunday school for a number of years for singles for for 12 years before we started the ministry Hope for the Heart. And there were a lot of people who were hurting. They were lonely. They were, uh, uh, but there were, there were some really wonderful, sharp people, competent. And we, after a period of time, we became like a family of friends. And but but I worked hard to develop that at my church. I was I thought I was I was just going to be a sub for um, twelve weeks. Well, twelve years later, <laughs> um, I we had but but we had a serious Bible study. I was teaching precept upon precept for twelve years. I loved it, and the people coming, they were, they loved the Bible study, and they loved the relationships that were formed as a result. And now, I'm, I'm interested. I know uh, certain churches are more inclined toward a serious Bible study. Sometimes there are organizations that will meet at a church. I'm thinking about somebody tonight was talking with me about Bible study fellowship and what a difference it made in this one woman's life. And the husband was telling me how significant it was. And yet Bible study fellowship is not a denomination. It's not, it's just they meet at churches, different churches. And what that what I'm trying to say to you is if for you to just say, Lord, um, I am willing, and if, if you are, I'm willing to search out a Bible study that may not be in the church that you and your husband attend. Um, in fact, I'll just say this at our we we have we built an or a, a building called the Hope Center, and in the Hope Center, as of last year, Bible Study Fellowship actually is housed within the Hope Center, and in our own facility, uh, our headquarters for 
Hope for the Heart, we host a Bible study fellowship, Bible study. Uh, now, I don't lead it. Someone else is doing all this, but it's once a week, and then they form friendships. And my point of, of being detailed there, I've never said this on, on air, but Bible Study Fellowship is a an excellent Bible study. So is precept upon precept. Um, and I'm saying that because these Bible studies can be held in certain churches, but they, oh, those are independent organizations, but it's like there are certain churches that want to have an excellent Bible study. There are certain churches that write their own material, like even at my church, there are people who write the Bible studies, and a lot of people come from other churches. It, it is not exclusively for people that are just members of of our church, and we have hundreds of people coming every single Sunday to Bible studies at the church I attend. My point, and I know you're in Nebraska, so I'm not trying to pull you to something in Dallas, Texas. What I'm saying <laughs> is there, there's a possibility that there could be a meaningful church that has a Bible study either that they, and, and my, again, my point is you don't have to belong to that particular church to be able, or like, like at my church, there's no requirement. In fact, when I was doing the, 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 the topical, or sorry, the, the, the Bible study called Precept Upon Precept, we had people, in fact, I had people come to me to say, I, I don't want to join your church, but I want to be here for your Bible study. Will you allow that? And I said, absolutely, of course. It, it, it had nothing to do with church membership. Now, there were, I would say the majority of the people were a part of that church fellowship, but there were many who were not. And so why don't we just pray? And by the way, we can talk more if you would like. But I'm just thinking for you to pray and say, I am open, Lord, for to be in a church, in, in, a, in a Bible study where I can not only learn your word, but I also can develop friendships that are right in your sight. We have resources we will send to tonight's caller, and we do that free of charge because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash givehope, and we thank you for that. I want to recommend one of our keys for living called Friendship, Iron Sharpening Iron, and you can order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. Our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also, our program can be found on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.